At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hello, I'm David Evans, and welcome to the media series from Wars Fancast. This is episode 5, Podcasts. Now obviously you're listening to this on a podcast, but what is it about podcasts that make them so popular? But what makes a good podcast, and what are the challenges and opportunities faced by those who make these podcasts? Luke Moore is part of the Football Ramble, arguably the biggest football podcast in the country, and I sat down with him at Football Ramble HQ to discuss these questions and more. And as always, guest views are their own. We're going to talk about, obviously, podcasts. Yep. Doing a podcast about a podcast. Yep, fine. It's meta. meta. It is yeah, meta. meta. Yeah, That's yeah. What, so, before we kind of go into the podcast element, tell me a bit about your background. Were you always in a kind of media sports world, or were you kind of out of it, and you've kind of come into it a bit because of the, the football ramble? Um, I did a bit of media at uni, and I uh, moved up to London from the south coast, where I'm from originally. Uh, without a job, so I was looking for, for work. I was always interested in football and music and radio. I liked radio from quite a young age. And I got a job on the sales floor at Capital Radio in about 2004. Um, and that was my first sort of foot in the door, yeah. really. Um, and it's all sort of ran sort of concurrently because um, at university I had, uh, I was a co-host of the um, Saturday Sports Show with uh, Marcus, who does the football uh, as okay. well. yeah. And it was his idea to get it up and running again as a podcast in about 2007. So mm. I was still sort of working in radio, but not on, on air or anything like that. So I guess I've always been around those sort of industries and always had a keen interest in them, I suppose. Yeah. And if somebody said to you, what's a podcast? How would you describe a podcast to them? Someone does say it. People do say it to me pretty <laughs> regularly. And I, and I say um, it's essentially a radio show that you can listen to whenever you want yeah. to. So, um, but... I don't know if that's as accurate now. I think it's almost getting to the point where it probably is at the point now where it's a show, a, a type of show in its own right, and, it's, mm. and it, it deserves to started to be it deserves to start to be treated as a bit of a um, a bit of an abstract question, really, like saying yeah. what you know, what is a TV show? I mean, yeah. it's the same principle, but it's just that people haven't quite caught up yet fully with podcasting mm. yet. But essentially, that's what it is, I guess. Because I guess you know maybe what five even five six years ago, if you mentioned podcast, people even majority of people were like, what what the hell is that? Yeah. But now it's become not just. I kind of get the sense of podcast is not just a podcast anymore. It's more of a multi-platform thing. Perhaps your podcast is your main element, but this, especially with social media, there's so many elements to kind of the platform yeah. and the brand that you build? I, th I think that's a brand, though. I think that's probably slightly different because I think it depends on what you're trying to achieve with your show. Um, for me, it's, it's almost a case of um, that stuff is supplementary to the podcast itself. And I think the, 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 the issue we, we had, because I'm, sadly I'm old and been doing this a long time, well, the issue we used to have was mm. explaining to people, not just um, listeners, but advertisers and potential commercial partners as well, 
we're the, the batter was explaining to them what it is. Yeah. Whereas now it's not that. It's trying to get your show listened to, heard, mm. and and people to know about your show specifically, purely because there are so many shows out there. Mm. And you've obviously come to prominence because of the football ramble, arguably the biggest football podcast in yeah. the country. Yeah. For those who don't know what the football ramble is. What is it and how did it all come about? It's a twice weekly show about football that is, I'd say it's probably an entertainment show about football. So it's not too beardy. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It's four of us. Uh, we've been friends for a, a good while. Um, just talking about the issues of, of the week, really. We do two shows a week. One comes out on a, fr- a Monday, one comes out on a Thursday. Um, and um, it came about because Marcus and I, as I mentioned earlier, used to do the Saturday sports show on university radio um, and then we got together to make a podcast version of the show when when podcasting was very nascent then jim came in to replace someone who left and then pete came in to replace someone else mm. who left and that's how we sit on the force it's me marcus jim and pete now uh, and that's how it's been for i think oh, getting on maybe for almost 10 years and i mean football ramble is very much like a cult hit now hmm. Has there ever been? I wish it was a bit less cult. I wish it was a bit more mainstream. <laughs> Has there ever been a point where, in the past, where when you were doing this, you kind of thought, "Hang on a second, I think we're on onto something here." Something seems to be happening now, or has it ever kind of crossed the mind? It's hard to say, really. You get different touch points, but it's, it can be quite abstract because you do the show, but making a radio, as you know, because David, because you make you make them as well. It can be quite a, a sort of. Um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Quite a sort of insular thing because you're sat in a room with people making a show and you put it out there and, and you assume, you hope that people yeah. will listen. Yeah, and, yeah. Then, and really, beyond that, it's just numbers on the screen, mm. which, you, which you know, depending on how you look at it, may mean something, may not. I suppose when you know that lots of people are listening is when you get those really instant um, things where like we did, we've done some live shows and a couple of them sold out very quickly mm. and then when you go and do the show there's lots of people there obviously you understand that Yeah. yeah. Um, but other than that I don't think it, it properly sinks in certainly not in this environment and if it did I don't think it would be the same show I think we have to behave and, and broadcast like we've only got one listener really mm. that's an old yeah, Terry, yeah, yeah. Terry Wogan cliche but I think it's a good one it's definitely one that stuck with me and like you mentioned before you've got that kind of good balance between humour debate and kind of not taking yourself as too seriously yeah is that kind of important in terms of podcasts to try and find that right kind of voice that fits your audience? I think it's really important to be yourself. Um, you can't please everyone all the time. So there's there's lots of people. I mean, you've obviously been very nice to me for this, but there's lots of people who don't like the show, and that's fine. It's not for I everyone. I doubt there's people like no, there that. Are, there are. There are lots of, <laughs> trust me, there's loads more people that don't like it than do, but there's just enough people that do, which yeah. is fine. Um, but so um, I think it's important to be yourself. I think mm. if you're not yourself, I think people will will figure it out pretty quickly mm. and you've got to be honest as well especially with things like football people feel passionate about football and they they will remember what you said a week ago yeah, if you just yeah, make yeah. it up as you go along you're going to be a you're going to end up a bit of a mm. laughing stock so you've got to, you know you've got to take it on the chin when you get something wrong or um hopefully keep your opinions honest so that people understand that they are honestly held opinions if that makes mm. sense and Doing the show every week, you obviously are leaning to uh, the Premier League mainly and other leagues around the world to do the show. So you've got so many stories to talk about every single week. Yeah. But is it? Can it be sometimes uh, a challenge to change and keep your what you're doing fresh every week to the point where you entertain your current listeners, but also when somebody listens for the first time, hmm. they write straight away, "Yeah, I, I get these guys. This is what I want to listen to." Um, I think this, the second part of that question is a really good point. I, I, I think personally speaking on behalf of the show but personally i would like us to be a little bit more accessible for new listeners 
but it's very hard when you've been going for such a long time and mm. the stuff that people like about the show is the stuff that they feel a part of. Yeah. So finding that balance is never going to be easy and I don't think it's something you ever really fully crack as well. I think mm. you've just got to keep an eye on it. I think if someone comes to our show new and all they hear is a load of old in-jokes about stuff and it doesn't really make any sense, I'm not sure if I'm personally that happy about mm. that but at the same time I want to find that area where people can feel like they belong to it because it is their show really yeah, isn't it? it's not exactly, yeah. I mean, it's ours on, on paper but really it's our sh- it's their show if it was just four of us and no listeners it would be yeah, pretty, exactly. pretty pathetic really so um, finding that balance is tough and I don't know if anyone can ever consider themselves having cracked that actually mm. Because you've got to find the balance between yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. podcasts, you know, usually ten, nine, nine times out of ten are free. But obviously what people probably don't realise is the work that goes on behind the scenes to put that show together, to do the research, to produce it. Again, how much of a challenge is that to get everything ready every week um, to put a, a good quality show out? Well, um, it's our full-time job. Yeah. So, I mean, I make... Uh, one or two of us do other bits and pieces, but essentially this is our, this is our full-time job. So... Um, we worked hard to get into that position and, and we have to respect it and, and do the work that's required because people do rely on the show and the, being there regularly is an important part of what we do. So um, is it a challenge? I suppose it is, but it, you, I love football anyway. So yeah, it, yeah. Becomes, it becomes a sort of part of it. It becomes, I've been doing it for so long. It just becomes of, natural yeah. to do it, yeah. I th- I th- and we make other shows as well and they would be, some of those w- would be, I'm not on other shows necessarily, yeah. but we help to produce them and stuff and we've got a bit of a network, Radio Stakhanov now, which does other shows and they can be a, a different type of challenge mm. because you're trying to bring a show to, to fruition and, and help out other people on the mics and stuff like that and writing and producing and stuff so um, I don't know, it's hard to say it's almost like I don't know I mean it's my job so yeah. I, I just got to do it you know, never, it just comes natural to you as it were I w- I d- well I wouldn't say that one because that sounds quite arrogant but also because <laughs> it doesn't feel like it comes naturally yeah. and I think that's a nice kind of challenge because you always feel like you have to actually try yeah. if it came too easily to me I, I wouldn't want to be in a situation where I wasn't sort of thinking about it or trying hard and I guess certain things come easy, but they're, they're hard, hard one and hard four. But um, you're releasing two 45 minutes to an hour shows sp- specifically about yeah. football ramble. We've got On the Continent as well, which is a European football show. But the, 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 the lion's share of the heavy research work there was done by the two mm. pundits, Andy and James. Um, so, yeah, it's a challenge and, and there is preparation to do. But, you know, we're not down the, down the pit. It's mm. not. It could be worse. And as I always <laughs> say, it beats working for a living. So Yeah. And with the you know with the other podcasts you've got like on the Continent and the Luke and Pete show as well you've yeah. kind of got this umbrella of podcasts now yes under Radio Stackenoff is yeah. that right Stackenoff yeah yeah good right yeah, yeah that's right. Um, um, how did that idea come uh, come about was it that you just had had so other ideas you thought right let's just house them into one um, one, one umbrella as it were sort of but I've always wanted to push forward and and I'm not really someone who likes to stand still I like to just do new things all the time and I'm quite ambitious and. I've got a drive to, to do do new things and, and we had other ideas for shows that we wanted mm. to do. Um and myself and Pete and my colleague and our colleague John, who runs all the stuff off air for the Ramble as well, um, we wanted to push forward with some new stuff and, and so we decided to do that. Luke and Pete show is one of those shows. Um on the continent sits with the Ramble, it's just yeah, a sister yeah. show to the Ramble, so that's a little bit different. Marcus and I co host that. Um it's just about yeah, you know, I I think, you know, I've built up a lot of experience over the years making this show, the Ramble and um, there are people out there who are great we've got other ideas who are really good on mic and who can mm. push stuff forward and maybe take on the lion's share of the work but yeah. we can help them out and we've also got a network so we can cross promote across different shows and, 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 and hopefully the shows have got more chance of being heard 
Um, it's just a case of branching out, really. I mean, it's just yeah, like, yeah. you know, it's almost, you know, I don't want to get um, you know, too Alan Partridge about it, but it's like, you know, we like doing this, let's do some more. Yeah. It's, it's basically just that, really. <laughs> and I find that podcasts in general in the last kind of couple of years have gone through a massive renaissance in, in popularity. What is it, do you think, is about a podcast has made it so popular or that people want to do podcasts or listen to podcasts? It's a good question. I don't know if I would be the the expert in that. I think they're convenient um, and our shows at least are reliable. You know, mm. they're going to be there at a certain time every week. Um, and people have a lot of commuting to do, a lot of alone, they have a lot of running to do, a lot of commuting to do, a lot of gym to go mm. to. A lot, and there's just lots of stuff where you want to, yeah, I don't think the world exists in a place where, oh, I want to go to the gym at three, but that show I like is not until five. Yeah. Well, actually, that's not a problem with podcasting because you just download yeah. it and get it ready. So it's convenient. Yeah. They're reliable. And radio, don't forget, and podcast is, you know, for, for the purposes of this answer, is is, a, is an extension of, of radio. Um, It's quite a passive medium. Mm. So it's not like TV where you have to really be paying attention at everything. Uh, well, depending on what type of TV you watch, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, radio can just be there with you and you can do other stuff while mm. you're around. So we've had lots of people say, oh, you know what, I listen to you when I'm getting the kids ready for school mm. or I'm doing the washing up or I'm going for a run or I'm on the, yeah, train, yeah, yeah. On the, on the train, that kind of stuff. So it's a lot of it's a lot of flexibility, yeah. there, I think. I guess it's part of this kind of whole Netflix thing where you just choose when you want to watch yeah. it now. It's uh, Like you said, it's that convenience. On demand is, is, the, is, the, mm. is the thing they use in, in, in media, I think, or they always used to when I worked in it. Um, and it's just basically putting the listener or the viewer in in in, in the heart of it, and mm. that's and that's and people demand things these days. I mean, there are people who are coming through now who won't. Um, they will be quite a little bit younger than me, and they won't have remembered a time when there was no um, on-demand TV mm. or all that kind yeah. of stuff. So, putting the um, the audience at the centre of it, I think, is a really positive thing, and that's something that podcasts are able to do. And there was a, a great piece in the Guardian today, which you guys were part of, about football podcasts. Yeah, and. What is it again, kind of touching base on generally podcasts about football in general podcasts that make them so popular? Do you think? Um, well, football's massively popular, yeah. So I mean, that that would probably be make up the the large part of the reason. Um, football's all, for our for our purposes, football's a bit of a circus as well. So there's always stuff going on. So you've got a situation where it is so popular that how much how much of a percentage of football coverage, us included, is about the games mm. themselves. I don't know, but it's not 100%. It's definitely not. So yeah. there's lots of always stuff to talk about. Yeah, yeah. So we, we so next summer, for example, I don't know what our plans are, but there's no major tournaments. Mm. So we may well take a break. But if you if we, if we you were saying to me, well, could you do two, two shows a week in the off-season? I think we could. Yeah. I think there'd be enough to talk about. So there's always stuff to talk yeah. about. Um, um, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a decent question because the marriage of football and podcasting seems to be pretty nice. It seems to fit quite nicely. But I think that might be because just of a timing thing. When podcasts mm. first came around, you had us, you had Football Weekly, and I think shortly mm. after that, you might have had the um, the Times show. It yeah. Called, it was called The Game. I don't know what it's called now. Um, and they just happened to be in the vanguard of when podcasting started. So there's a bit of a tradition there now. So we're not too... Uh, I don't think we're too early to start talking about traditions. Shows have been around since, what, 2006, 2007. Mm. So it's getting on for sort of 11, 12 years now. Yeah. That's long enough to, to, to create a little bit of a tradition, I think, and that's probably why. So maybe a bit of coincidence. Yeah. And do you think podcasts have given um, people who traditionally wouldn't go down the media or the journalist route, but still have got a good eye for football, a chance to get their voice heard and perhaps then get into that route from, from that end in, in, in a non-traditional way? Well, you're talking to someone who hasn't yeah. been able to do that's that. That's what I mean, so. yeah. So you've yeah. got, you know, for example, with our guys and, uh, and a lot of other fan podcasts, 
they're putting out content out there which they're trying to make just as professional as media outlets mm -hmm. to a point where they're perhaps slightly challenging what these guys do. Ultimately, yeah. you're always going to go to your BBC and Sky, but there are people out there who are at home or in their own studios who are trying to make the same kind of content yeah. as these guys. I think, I think you've got... I mean, the traditional path to broadcasting about football would be if you're a, a, a traditionally trained presenter, mm. uh, a journalist, or uh, an ex-football player. And so I'm, I'm none of those things. So podcasting gave me it. but the thing is there's no there wasn't really I, I suppose I did want to work in in the media I suppose but there was no real sort of path laid out in front of me mm. when I do these types of shows people say oh, you know what was the grand plan it's like well there wasn't really a grand plan mm. at that point yeah. because if, if that path exists now which I think it does I don't know if, it, if I knew it existed then so it wasn't like I had a grand plan to do it mm. or any of the boys did um, but of course it does it gives you it gives you that's what that's what technology has been great for it gives you this it's a great leveller so and it's not just for a broadcaster or an aspiring broadcaster or um, a football fan or whatever. It's the same for musical artists. You know, mm. you see, you see um, artists who make make records in their bedroom and they're really successful. Sometimes, you know, it's the same for lots of different types of stuff because the the, the barrier to entry has been removed. Mm. Now, just because the barrier to entry has been removed doesn't mean anyone can be successful at it. But yeah, it just yeah. means you've got all the tools you need if you if you if you want to go on and make a success. You've still got to be good, I think. Um, but of course, it's been great for that. The path before this would have just been, I don't know, being a runner at a local radio station mm. or going on a BBC apprenticeship or internship or something like that. Um, and clearly those those things still exist, but these are, this is another option mm. as well. And there's so many podcasts out there now, and there's probably more kind of media broadcasters who have kind of coined on to, actually, let's, let's add a podcast to what we do. Yeah. Do you think that a kind of two-parter, there's almost... And there's great variety as well, therefore there's so many things you can choose. But is there kind of A, a danger that there'll almost be too much out there that people can't choose from? But also, does that, that therefore mean that people have got to produce something really different to stand out from the rest? I don't know. It's always good to find a niche, I think. Um, and there are a lot of podcasts. And I think Apple said fairly recently they were getting on for half a million different wow. shows. Okay. So, of course, cut through is difficult, as I said at the, t at the top of this. I mean, getting getting noticed, which is the normal person's way of saying cut through, <laughs> is, <laughs> is, uh, is, is obviously going to be tricky. I don't know if you have to be different. I just think you've just got to be good. Mm. Um, we were maybe a bit fortunate because we were one of the first ones out there. So we've, as you said, developed a bit of a following. So that's good. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be crowded. But I guess the same way we were talking about podcasting now being accepted as a proper medium... Mm. Uh, do you think there are too many TV channels? Maybe yeah, some people, some yeah. people may. Yeah. So, are there too many TV shows? Possibly, depending on your interest. Are there too many films? For my taste, I'd say there probably are yeah. because you can't keep up with them. So yeah. in that sort of environment, you could argue that. But at the same time, there are films or TV shows or radio shows or podcasts that have been released that you or I are never going to mm. even know because we don't have interest in that particular yeah. area. So it's more about catering for different people. Mm. Um, in terms of having this big, what they would, I guess what people would call like a big crossover hit, that to me comes down to a bit of luck and a bit of being good at it and, mm. and being reliable and, and and as you mentioned earlier these sort of good production values and stuff like that. Mm. With with the shows that you do, we we the comparison between you and us would be that we, or the contrast I suppose, we never really wanted to set out as being in quotes the voice of the fans because yeah. I don't think we had the confidence to say that we are the voice of football fans. And mm. I also didn't want to be pigeonholed as this sort of us to be pigeonholed is sort of like you know oh they're just men on the street white van yeah, yeah, yeah. not that there's anything necessarily no, wrong yeah, with that, no, but, it, mean, yeah. but it just didn't sum up what we were doing yeah. it wasn't it wasn't we weren't 
partisan about certain stuff and we weren't um I always say I'm a football fan that supports Portsmouth. Not that I'm a big, rabid mm. Portsmouth fan. I go to as many games as I, as I can, but I have other interests and I do other things. So I'm mm. not as... Um, it, it, it's not, I'm not trying to denigrate that area of broadcasting. I'm merely saying that didn't sum up what we were trying yeah. to do. So that's why we didn't go down that road. But you had a kind of an ethos of what you wanted it to represent and that's just evolved as time's gone on, I, I would presume. You might be giving us a bit too much credit saying we had an ethos. I think we... Yeah, you actually kind of... This is what we kind of wanted to say and do. We want to don't be representing this kind of way and let's see how it goes. Yeah, I just, want, I, I just wanted us to have a bit of fun with it, take, not take it quite so seriously. There was nothing else really like that. Even the Guardian one who came out around the same time as us, they were still a bit journalisty, a bit mm. arch and a bit more... You know, I'm trying to think of a word that's not pejorative. A little bit more sort of um, journalist. Well, yeah, journalist. Yeah, I know what you mean. Sort yeah. of a bit more learned, and and speaking from um, the, uh, do you know what? They they would be much more likely in the early days to speak about. We've just come from this press press conference. Right. Yeah, yeah. We're at this tournament. Whereas yeah. we were a little bit more. This is us. We're in London. This is what we mm. do. And although we did go out to tournaments quite early, it was much more on a sort of fun fact finding mm. type thing so it, it, I guess in terms of where we were positioned mm. it was unique but we never I don't think we we deserve the credit for that necessarily what do you think makes a good podcast what do you think the elements that you need to to put together a good show got a, for me look, it depends because I mean that's like saying what makes a good TV show right it depends if you're going to set out to make a documentary I can't just answer that by saying, oh, you know, the best way to make a good documentary is just to have a laugh. It's not, is it? Because yeah, you've got to yeah, be factual. Yeah. You've got to be interesting. You've got to you know, get everything, get the experts you need, that kind of stuff. For our type of show, I would say that you've got to be entertaining and you've mm. got to put the listener at the heart of what you do, something I'd like to see us do more of, uh, actually. Um, and you've got to... People, people are tuning in for a reason, right? Mm. They're not... Once you establish what people are likely tuning in to your show for, then you can hopefully make the best show that you can. So if you mm. think what oh, people are tuning... So why do people tune into the Football Ramble? I don't know. Probably because they think it's fun and they want to be entertained for 45 mm. minutes and um, they don't care necessarily if a player's going from one club to another. They might mm. care, but they don't yeah, care yeah, about yeah. our opinion on that, right? Necessarily. So, we, so if that's a poor example, then I apologise. But what I try to mean is you establish what you're good at, establish what people are listening to you for... And then do that mm. and have the confidence to do that. Have the confidence to know what you're good at and do what you do well, uh, but don't try and do loads of different stuff and try and be everything to everyone because you can't. Are there podcasts out there that you're a fan of that you would perhaps say, you know, if you're starting out in the world of podcasts, apart from your own, of course, um, that you would lean people to go towards? If they, you know, let's say if it was football, for example, or just a general topic, any kind of, if you're like, if you want to get into podcasts, try out these ones to see if it's something you would like. No. No. <laughs> no, of course. Uh, um, I think other. Po- I, I think th- this is interesting because you've got dedicated podcasts, and I think, and you've got things that are radio shows that are, you could sort of count as podcasts because they're also released as podcasts. Now, yeah. I, I think that the future in in the in the near near future it will be much more, um, be m- much less likely to for people to say oh we'll just podcast this radio show Mm. people will start to understand more I think what it means to make an actual podcast Mm. right so if I if I go for it's just podcast because I'm tempted to say classic stuff like Desert Island Disc in our time and all the Radio 4 stuff which is brilliant Mm. Um, but I suppose I should stick to just accurate podcasting I suppose I really like one that's come out recently called Caliphate have you heard of that no no I've not heard of that it's a New York Times uh, produced thing with a journalist who 
essentially tries to get to the bottom of what ISIS are all about okay, and what their yeah. aims are. And, and she goes on the ground. She's been on the ground in Mosul and I think in Raqqa and one or two places. So that's good. It's very different to what we do here, mm. though. Um, in terms of um, other stuff, I quite like what um, Crooked Media do. Yeah. Pod yeah. Save the World, I like. Yeah. I, like Pod, I quite like Pod Save America as well. But that's a good example, going back to your question before, about circumstances, right? Mm. About your show where if wolves are doing badly, it becomes different. Yeah. Well, I would argue, not that they're not brilliant, but I would wonder whether Pod Save America and their like would be anywhere near as popular if Donald Trump wasn't president. Yeah. If it was much more calm in the White House, mm. if it was, you know, if it can ever be calm, but you know what I mean, yeah. calmer. There's not a story there, is there? There's no, yeah. So, but I think I like what they do. I, I really admire how they've gone about doing it as well. I like them. You're not gonna, you're not gonna get me recommending any other football podcast, mate. By the way, <laughs> um, but there are there are other bits and bits. I'll tell you what. Let me look at my phone now. And I'll tell you. Okay. Because my memory is notoriously terrible. Luke's recently playlist. Yeah, I'm, I use Overcast as my. Good choice and a cast of course yep. <laughs> Berkhamstead Revisited which is a show I yep. produce is yeah, fantastic yeah. that's about two girls who read back one of their teenage diaries it's brilliant I really like Five Live Boxing with Costello and Bunce um, what else have I tried out recently I like Kermode and Mayo yeah great I like um, Wrestle Me which is Pete uh, my colleague and Mark Haynes yep. do Wrestlemanias so there's loads of stuff it depends yeah, what you're yeah. into the point being that like there's something out there for you. Yeah, if you if you want me to tell you tell you what I think is a well made show, that's mm. different to what what's good out there because there's loads of good stuff out there. In terms of a well made show, Caliphate's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it's really beautifully produced. It's well put together. It's part um, travel log, tra- part documentary, part mm. political commentary. It's it's brilliant and it's really really factual and really entertaining. So that to me is is a gold standard of how 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 to put a podcast of that nature mm. together. Do you think there's more of a demand from listeners now about the quality of the show in terms of the recording that you listen to? Because perhaps when podcasts first started, it perhaps sounded a bit grainy, a bit rough, and now you're getting more and more people, you know, in in fantastic studios like this, doing podcasts. Do you think there's more of a critique that if it doesn't sound as good sound quality-wise, people might be put off it? Or do you think people are still fine with whether it just sounds a bit grainy or mics are a bit low or things like that I wish everyone invested in 300 pound headphones because <laughs> yeah. then they'd actually better hear stuff because yeah, yeah. people my problem and it's admittedly a very niche issue people listen to those stupid free Apple headphones and they can't hear anything yeah, yeah. so that's one point the second point being that this studio we, we worked for whatever it was 10 years to, to raise the money to build mm. it to reinvest in ourselves and, and you know, if, I, if I may blow my own trumpet for a moment it's not common or garden not many people yeah, have yeah, access yeah. to this I can't sit here and say oh yeah you, what you should do is get an amazing studio because it's mm. not easy um, I think it, Pete who I do the Luke and Pete show with and the Football Rambler with and all that stuff he would say that the quality of the order is really important mm. um, because that's just his background and that's how he feels and I respect that I would say it's of secondary importance to the content itself mm. but it has to be of a standard yeah. um, and yeah, but I, you know, I know great shows. There's a, there's a show um, that I've listened to for years called "If There Is Hell Below." Okay, it's two guys um, who do. They're at the, I would say, in the vanguard of like new music mm. of, of all genres, and they are the, they're just brilliant. At it. They've done it for years. They're right at the front forefront mm. of it. They they, they trawl blogs and SoundCloud yeah, and yeah, Bandcamp yeah. and all that stuff, and they find this amazing music and they play like eight songs a show. Um, but it's really early stuff, so generally speaking, it's not royalty covered or anything like that. And I know for a fact, because I've, I guessed it on the show years ago, um, and I saw the guy very recently, um, 
they still just talk in their living room into two mics yeah. off Amazon for I think of 20 quid each or something <laughs> into a MacBook. Yeah. So it can be done. That's yeah. a popular show. It's a good show as well. So it can be done. Yeah. Um, but for me, I, th- I think it's a plus, right? If you've got the option to make a really good quality broadcast, mm. then why not do yeah, it? Because exactly. it's a real yeah, plus yeah. for people. Because it, it, just partly for practical reasons as well. If you if you just listen to a BBC produced show and then you flick on another show and it sounds bad in comparison, it's a bad look for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand it's not always an option. And we've produced some terrible sounding shows in the past because of different um, resources. Yeah, exactly. And, stuff. Yeah. and I'm sure you're the same, but yeah, yeah. you've got to get on with it, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And I guess with your kind of example of, of the ramble in terms of like you've done this now for what, nearly 10 years... Yeah, I'd say 10 years um, seriously, yeah. But you've yeah. kind of built this um, audience up and perhaps it kind of shows, and you, therefore you're able to fund what you've got here, these yeah. fantastic uh, facilities. I guess it kind of shows to other people that, yes, sometimes you might have something that straight away clicks and becomes a success, but if you want to make something like this a success, it takes time, it takes the, the effort. Mm. Even the perhaps times where you're thinking, oh, I'm, I'm not sure if I finish each day, if you put the time and effort in, eventually perhaps it will get to the point where you want it to get to. Yeah, I think it can. Yeah. But I think it dep- I don't want to fall into the trap of thinking that everyone's got the same aspirations as I have, yeah. the same ambitions as me. So a lot of people, I, I get a lot of joy out of coming out of the studio thinking that was a great show. Yeah, yeah. I don't necessarily get joy out of looking at the stats and going, oh God, we've, I mean, it's great. Yeah. We, we, we yeah. have more listeners than I thought, yeah. but it's not what the thing that gets me out of bed in the morning, mm. if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, obviously I like making good, good shows, good programmes. And I hope other people agree. And I like making money because that's, mm. you know, yeah. to be honest about it, yeah, 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 I've yeah. got a mortgage and a family, so it's important yeah. to me to have a nice life and all that kind of stuff. Um, but that doesn't mean everyone's got those ambitions. Mm. Someone might have a job they absolutely love, and they and, and in the evening they love making a show once a week, yeah. and and and, it, and they're really proud of it. That's wicked. That's that's as every bit as as reasonable as, as what we're doing here. So, um, yeah, I think I think people have different aspirations. Mm. I think if but if you're good and and people are entertained by you and they like listening to you. I mean, um, my dad wrote a porno. They're, ma- yeah. they're, they're massive. Oh, yeah. they ca- I mean, their story's a little bit different, I suppose, because they've had BBC presenters and mm. different involved. But generally speaking, I mean, that was a that was a red hot hit yeah, from yeah. nowhere, really. I yeah. mean, some of the people were experienced broadcasters, mm. but they're still it's still a, you know, it's a good idea, well executed. Yeah. So you have to give that credit, and they do astonishing numbers. I mean, mm. they played the Royal Albert Hall. So yeah. well, they've done a tour all over the world, technically. Exactly. So. exactly. Well, uh, yeah, watch this space. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess ultimately, then you've got to you've got to enjoy it. You've got to go into it enjoying it. If you don't enjoy it, then it's the same as anything. Yeah, you don't go to football training if you don't like playing football. Mm. You don't, you know, you don't, you know, you don't do anything you don't want to do unless you have to do it, right? Yeah, exactly. And then in terms of podcasts, if people are listening to this and they think, you know, I'd really like to start my own podcast. I've got an idea, or I've got a group of friends, and we'd like to do a podcast. What are the kind of key things, the tips that you would give to someone to say, right, think about doing this or start from this avenue? If you've got a brilliant idea. And you've got the ambition, the drive, and the hard work to make it happen. I would advise you to open up your browser, go to your email account, and email Luke at staccarloffindustries.com and tell me all about it, and we'll make it together. Yeah. But if you don't want to do that, <laughs> that's fair enough. Um, I think I, I don't feel like I could give an amazing sort of Independence Day short, style speech. Yeah, I can't, yeah. I, it's not just that, it's just I can't really sum it up in a short fashion. It's almost just like put, put, Imagine what people listening to it are going to think. Put mm. them at the centre of what you do. Try and not try and be too self-indulgent. I'm sure there'll be people there listening to this going, "Oh God, he's far more thought." But <laughs> believe me, we do try not yeah, to be self-indulgent, yeah, yeah. and and make it accessible, punchy, fun, and sound like you're having a good time, yeah. and and people will come along with you. Final question then. But you uh, know that anyway because you make good shows too. So you well, know. Well, <laughs> I'm sure you listen to all of them. Yeah, of you? course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
Every day. Every time you want to get your walls fixed, you were yeah, exactly. straight away on the yeah. fan cast. Yeah, exactly. Well, they're back in the Premier League now, yeah, so I might well, take an interest in Yeah, exactly. Big yeah. year for you coming up. <sighs> Loving it. I might start my own one. <laughs> <laughs> um, final question then, and it's a question we ask all our guests on these podcasts. Okay. It's, what, where do you see uh, sports media, uh, how it's reported, football and other sports in the media going in the next kind of decade? How do you think it will be reported on? How do you think it will look like? And you can put that with podcasts as well. How do you see them evolving and continuing in the next decade? It's a really good question. I don't feel qualified to answer it, but just based on the, the observations I've made, I think I'm, a, I'm quite worried about how football is covered online in in terms of online articles like web, mm. websites and stuff like, like that. Like clickbait kind of yeah, things. I don't, yeah, I don't particularly care for that. But having said that, if people like it, and you know, I'm old now, so maybe I'm just a bit out of touch, um, there's obviously a reason people do it. Uh, in terms of how, I just think, you know, what we've talked about here today, for my purposes, and I suppose you really, you are really interested in, in what I know about, I suppose, um, the on-demand element of it is going gonna, is, is gonna to be people, something people get more and more used mm. to. So, it may be a case of more specialised content, yeah. of more of more shorter content. Um, we, if we if we if we bring a new show out now, we'll probably they're more likely to be on the shorter side and the longer side mm. to account for people's um, people's attention spans and to, to and to account for the fact that you know maybe you don't want to be too flabby in terms of what you're doing. Yeah, I would, I would certainly keep it shorter. So Berkhamsted Revisited, which is a show I talked about earlier. Um, that's rarely longer than 25-ish minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think punchier, shorter stuff is, is the order of the day, more on-demand stuff and maybe more focused and specialised stuff. But it does depend. I don't speak on behalf of anyone apart from myself, so I'm only saying what I think would be would be the, what I would do. Um, but other than that, I mean, it'd be very interesting to see what happens with things like Amazon taking those Premier League games yeah, and yeah. Netflix maybe and Facebook getting involved. Because there's a chance, I think... Depending on what the figures are, and I'm not an expert on figures, but I think there's a chance someone like Facebook might use the Premier League to boost their audience and get right. people back okay, and say, yeah. you know what, you can watch this for free on Facebook mm. and just mine the data, get people on there, yeah, show yeah, them ads, all that kind of stuff. And Because in terms of their revenue, they're obviously huge. Mm. That might be the way it goes. So we might see more choice for people watching football matches, mm. um, which in the short term would be tough because you're expecting... This Amazon thing, for example, if you want to watch all the football games around that time, you've already got a Sky subscription, probably a BT one, another one, you get an Amazon one. But yeah. long term, I think more choice is going to be better for the consumer. Um, but it might mean that the, the, the rights aren't quite as valuable as they were. So who knows? But that's, mm. I think that's an interesting area. But um, in terms of podcasting, Anyone can do it now, right? Mm. As I yeah, just said yeah. to you earlier, a couple of mics off Amazon and, you might, and a computer and you're away. Mm. Uh, and so it's a great, um, a great leveller. Um, so I hope we see a lot more people who've got good ideas, as you said, and, and, and good work ethics and are interesting and fun. I hope we see them making more shows because what's good for podcasting is good for you and I because mm. more people will know about it. Yeah, so exactly. that, that's probably the way it'll go, I think.
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com.